0: Welcome back to the internal BuildWit podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Witt, joined by my co-host, Alex Horton. Happy Friday, y'all. We're here remote, remote once again. Got to go to the wilderness, got to
1: go to a place that has a giant deep freeze with a bunch of ice cream in it.
0: I ate so much ice cream last night. So (laughs) much ice cream.
1: All right, so you posted a, a video of, was that from the cabin? That like deep freeze, that like...
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they... Hilarious. They have a whole wall of candy, a whole wall of popcorn, a milkshake machine, any kind of icy you'd ever want. They have everything here. Popcorn machine. That's dangerous. Love it. It's it's troublesome. Yeah. One One summer, I was doing 75 hard, and so I could not eat ice cream. Obviously, that was not part of my diet on 75 hard.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and yet, you come into this house, and there's no way around not being around ice cream. Mm-hmm. So, that was probably a, a week of, of time in my life where I had to exhibit the most mental toughness I've probably ever had to exhibit before. Because that was that definitely was 75 extra week. hard that week. That was... <laughs> <laughs> that was a struggle. Um <laughs> but this trip I've just been eating ice cream like a total Neanderthal. Do what you got to do, man. Are are you staying there alone? It's been really nice. Yeah, so they are in Africa right now looking at gorillas. Oh wow. Okay. Of course. What, so what people typical what people typically family do family summer vacation. Yep. Yeah, it's like going to Jupiter, Florida or something like that, pretty similar. Um <laughs> So yeah, so they're in Africa. So I'm just on my own, which has been nice. I've had to feed myself, Sure. but I've just been hanging out, and I have not done really anything in the past few days. Are you are you mostly
1: cooking for yourself? Or are you like trying to go into town, or are you like now, far from problem, town?
0: Like the town, the town. Well, we're close to town, but the town is like a few thousand people. So. There's not a whole lot to eat in town, and the stuff sure. <laughs> that is there to eat, it's just not all that good for you. Yeah, it's like you can go to a
1: breakfast diner, or you can go to a dinner diner, and that's your choice.
0: Yeah, exactly. And so, uh, because I've been eating so much ice cream, I've been trying to eat clean otherwise. Last yeah. night, I actually, they, they have a guy that uh, helps take care of the property. His name's Mike, and he lent me some of his elk meat, which was Ooh. delicious. I made that for dinner last night. Yeah. Did you grill that? Yeah. Um, I I just fried it up and uh, it was ground. Oh, ground oh, elk it, cool. meat. And if you ever, if you're listening to this and haven't had elk, I highly recommend it because it is an extraordinary, extraordinary meat.
1: With the ground elk meat, does he add like bacon to that?
0: Um, I just added some peppers and some seasoning. Well, I mean,
1: when when he when he makes the the when he makes the ground, no, the, okay. I don't believe so. No, because I know, like, if elk. you do like, um, like venison, if you want to have like ground venison, you almost have to add some pork fat just to like make it stick together because it's so so lean. Although I'm sure an elk is well, much maybe, more of an animal than a deer.
0: I I could be completely wrong. I don't know. I with, with hunting, I've never had a big desire to go hunting. I've, I've just never, like, I I get it. I respect it. I've just never had a desire to do it. But I need yeah. to make friends with people that hunt because good grief is it amazing, yeah. amazing food. And it's like, you know where it came from. You know how it got there. You buy some ground beef at the grocery store. You have no idea how that ground beef got there.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: there's a lot of bad stuff that happens to that ground beef before it gets to your kitchen. And I... I just like the thought of knowing like, okay, I know exactly where this came from. There's no nonsense. There's no tricks and preservatives and nothing I need to worry about. It is just straight food. And that's starting to become more and more of a rarity in today's society, I've learned. I love that you're t- you talk about hunting like, yeah, I want to know people who hunt. I don't
1: necessarily want to go hunting myself. Um, I definitely, definitely relate with that. I think I'm a person who loves everything about it except the main activity kind of like skiing it's like yeah of course i want to yeah like, hang out outside around a fire late at night of course i want to like make breakfast for a big crew in the morning of course i want to like sit and have beers at you know eight o'clock in the morning like of course i want to do all those things but i, I don't necessarily want to like go and shoot birds or shoot animals you like that's just not so i've i never have done it and so it's never been like a it's never called to me um but I also I feel the same way about skiing. It's like I don't necessarily want to ski but like of course I want to like go do après ski afterwards like the the whole thing that you goes just, along with want to it. you be the guy at the lodge. Of course that's what I want to do. Like you you're just
0: always at always at the lodge and you're like, "Oh, hey Alex, how were the slopes?" You're like, "The slopes were awesome." Yeah, I just just got, got just off the mountain. You're just trying to act like it. Like you're walking around your ski boots like, "Oh yeah, hey guys, how how's it yeah. going?" but no <laughs> interest like, man, in ever doing it that jacket looks really fresh. Like, yeah, I I just got it. I don't
1: want to get any snow on it, so I'm just going to wear it inside.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like the the last jacket I had because I hit the runs so many times, just got super (laughs) worn out. So I had to get this new one.
1: Yeah. I swam, uh, or I, I, skied every day the mountain was open. And so eventually it just wore itself out. So I had to get a new one. That's just how it worked out.
0: Yeah. I, the, the, the hunting thing it's, it's just so funny how con- I was thinking about it this morning. It's really funny how controversial it is because like proper hunting, those people, it's like it's like the people like coal miners, how how much they yeah. care for the environment and and people don't understand that. Hunters are the same way. Like they're feeding their families based on the environment, so they're more than incentivized to care for the environment in a much higher sense than someone who just buys b- beef at a grocery store. Yeah. And, and it's like, I don't know. We, we like to sweep some of that stuff under the rug. Like, yeah, I would love to eat burgers, but I don't know. I don't want to know where it came from and I don't want to know how it got here. Like that yeah. cow looks very happy. And yet this is a lot different than that cow looks, but I don't want to know. I, I, no, 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 I'm just going to sweep it under the rug. I, I, I just, I don't know. I, I don't, I, I've, uh, the more I've learned about hunting, the more I don't understand like, I get why people don't like it, but also the people that argue against it, it's like a very shallow argument. Like, oh, no, we need to care for the animals. Like, yeah, the hunters are the ones caring for the animals, you dummy. Like, that's how they feed their family. I don't know. Maybe that's well, controversial, there's, there's but I've just, never understood it. I
1: think it's, I love the comparison to mining because I, I think I had that same thought earlier this week. Um, I've got s- some buddies who have set up this like whole brand, Their brothers. And they're songwriters in Nashville, um, but they also are, are big into hunting, and their their brand is like the Brothers Hunt. And in addition to being songwriters, they all, they consider themselves conservationists. Like that's a big passion of theirs. But yeah, I think where the negative perception stuff comes from, and I think this is similar to mining, also, there are some like very very bad versions of that that are like way less cool and are not conservation focused. Like if you go spend five hundred thousand no, like dollars yeah. to go kill an elephant, or to bring down a giraffe right. or something, like that's that that's separate. That is separate from yeah. the like American um, kind of like hunter conservationist culture. You know, those are just almost two separate things. You know,
0: I completely agree. Like it, yeah, yeah, if you're going to shoot lions in a game ranch in Texas, that's different. I, yeah, I, not a, not a fan. Like that's you, not necessarily conservation. Yeah, that, that's completely different. I'm talking about like some guy you know that drew a tag, paid the taxes yeah. on it, and is in way in the wilderness tracking an elk, you know, and and is is well trained is is can place a very very timely and accurate shot where they need to place it so that the animal you know no problems there. They pack it out themselves. They get it processed. They feed their family with it for a year. They give all the other meat to all their other friends to feed plenty of other families. Like, that's where it's at, man. Yeah. I completely understand it. Yeah. But this isn't a hunting podcast. It's not. Um, it's not this called is Hunt Talk. A build an internal podcast. Yeah, so we can we can get off that subject because yeah. I don't know if everybody wants to listen to us talk about hunting. Seeing as neither of us do it, I'm just thinking about it <laughs> quite a bit.
1: Yeah. But yeah,
0: yeah, neither of us do it. I'm just thinking about a lot because up here there's a lot of hunting. Or For like sure. when you go to the south, like Mississippi, like you Mississippi, Louisiana, it's like a. It's like a culture down there. It's just something yeah. you do, like driving a car. Um so when you're when I'm around it more, I think about it a lot more. But when I'm in my cushy city and I don't have to think about where my meats coming from, I don't think about.
1: It. I know. I've got a, a a really good buddy who lives in Alabama who like grew up in, you know, tiny tiny town of, you know, a couple thousand. And every time we he like shows up to a thing like a guys trip or whatever, he almost always has just like duck fillets and like venison sausage and it's like just kind of part of his life you know that's all he's ever known is to you either buy buy that stuff or you get it from a buddy or you get it from your own hunts and stuff like that it's just like a part of his life
0: yeah well most most people that most people that properly hunt they don't even they really don't enjoy the actual act of taking a life sure which is the irony of it they just understand that that's what they need to do the circle like, of life, man. To feed their family. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, okay. we're. That's enough on hunting today. What do we got to discuss? <laughs>
1: uh, so, yeah. So, you are in Montana.
0: Um, yeah. I, when did you get there? Um, Saturday, and it's Thursday right now. Okay. I leave tomorrow. Got it. Yeah. Um, I, I go to San Diego for the fourth because we're with Jocko on the fifth in San Diego. Sick. Do you, Mm -hmm. so you've worked a little bit while you've been in
1: Montana, unfortunately. Do you feel like you've been able to like unplug in a way that was kind of a goal?
0: Yeah, I've, I've, I've gotten away as much as I needed to get away. Good. Um, you know, like I haven't had real meetings or anything like that this week. I haven't, I've been trying not to respond to people all that much. I've been trying to just sit and think so. I've still done a lot of work stuff because I always think about work and that never stops but I really enjoy it so that's all I want to think about and it's nice to be in a totally different place and like they, you know, with Echelon Front they talk about detachment a lot and there's different forms of detachment and one thing that's big for me is detaching physically yeah, and going to a different place. I'm very, uh, yeah, just very in tune with wherever I'm at uh, this is a kind of a special place for me. So coming up here, it, it just puts me in a different mindset that's extremely, um, needed every year. So it's been, it's been a great week. Yeah. I've worked a little bit, but, um, it's nothing I haven't wanted to do and I've done everything else i wanted to do as well. Good. Um, I yeah. have a pre question for the questions section. Yeah.
1: You seem to be, pretty well read or like you spend a lot of time reading which is what we should all try to find time to do of course I don't do it as much as I'd like Um, do you like read before bed or do you like set time during the day where it's like I'm gonna read for an hour here or whatever or is it just like when you can find time you try to open
0: up a book Um, so I do it every day Mm -hmm. and I try to do it um, before bed is when I usually do it with my usual yeah. routine. But if I'm flying, I'll read on the plane. Um, like while I've been up here this week, I've been reading in the mornings and in the afternoons and in the evenings, just a little bit of yeah. everything. But I try my, my rule. And again, this was kind of ingrained in me through um, 75 hard was t- just 10 pages a day. So it's not a ridiculous commitment. It's just a daily habit And just the discipline of sitting down and reading a book for at least 10 hours or 10 pages a day. (laughs) That's super, super helpful. Yeah. And it's just, it's just nice. Like it's just, um, it's just good for your brain. And I've like, I've had to reframe it as okay, physical exercise is extraordinarily important for me to perform at the level I want to perform at mentally. You know with the company, with my life, it's very, very important. So I need to have do the exercise I need to do to live the life I want to live. I've just basically equated reading to like going to the mental gym every day. Yeah. So it's like, okay, I do the physical gym every day. I do physical activity, but I need to do mental activity. And that doesn't include like taking phone calls and doing podcasts. And sure, that's all mental activity, but I need to deliberately do stuff to just explain, expand my mindset. Uh, and that's listening to podcasts and reading. So it's like I've just kind of made it my yeah. I need to go to my mental gym every day, and that's at least ten pages a day. Well, I, I it's like not that crazy you, commitment. I mean, ten no. pages reading is not crazy. Goes
1: quick. No, I like that you yeah. um, have have separated. You know, like that the mental workout or whatever. That it's you know be, doing a podcast with me or doing other work things like those are also like mental that is mental work but you're putting stuff out you're reading like put stuff in and i think like that's a big difference Correct. especially i've i've heard like um oh, shoot, i don't remember what writer but like an author said like you can't be a good writer if you're a bad reader like you have to read <laughs> voraciously in order to be able to put out and like have be able to put words to kind of all those thoughts and those feelings and if you're not reading, it's just way harder to communicate.
0: Exactly. Yeah, reading, it helps me speak better. I like yeah. this podcast, it helps me with podcasting. It helps me communicate with our team more clearly. It helps me refine my thoughts. It helps expand my vocabulary. It helps with my social media posts and how effectively yeah. I can write. Like it, it spills over and all. And then it gives me new ideas. Yeah. Um, like a lot of the books I've read lately I I use a lot of the principles I've learned in these books almost daily Um, so it's not just about reading it's about actually for me like yeah they're go uncontainable just chewing on the concepts and okay how does this apply to my life how does this apply to business how does this apply to relationships I have in my life and then actually working through it rather than like just consume, consume, consume okay cool wow, I read 10 books this year. Well, what did you learn? Well, I don't know, but I read them. Like, well, then <laughs> are you really getting the benefit from it? Because yeah. I think you're just consuming and just not uh, like, yeah, that's the cool thing about our company is our company built on creating, not consuming. And like, we are a team of creators, regardless of what anybody's doing. Everybody's a creator here. And if you think about it and look at the greater society, you'll start to recognize that most everybody is just a consumer, not really a creator. Yeah. And I just don't think that's a fun way to live. I think it's way more fun to create than just to consume. But that's just me. I don't know. I'm with you. I mean, I think we've built a team
1: that I think everybody is wired that way in some way or another where it's, you know, we're, like you said, every almost everybody is like a consumer of, you know, entertainment or education or whatever it is, it's always they're like taking in, but not a lot of people are like putting out. And so I think with kind of the work that we do at BuildWit, we're we're able to, you know, interpret, you know, our world and we're we're putting work out that is, you know, I think we can all be proud of, but also kind of goes along with our mission, which is a big deal, and that's kind of why
0: we're built the way that we're built. Yeah and we can't get out can't get there without creating. Yeah. So, that's my spiel on reading. It's a good thing to do. Go out and read. Also, it's been really helpful and especially podcasts too. I've read more and more stuff that I I don't necessarily agree with and I listen to more and more stuff that I don't necessarily agree with and just sit there and think about it and actually audit my thoughts and beliefs and like all right. So I used to believe this, but this actually sounds like a pretty good idea. And there's actually some merit to that. And I've become a lot more open-minded. Like even if I completely disagree with hunting, for example, I could still try to like, or at least try to understand why people would hunt. Like, okay, I still, I don't agree with it. I still think it's messed up, but I also understand why people do it. And I just it's like not enough people do that. Everybody's just out to reaffirm what they know and believe in and stay in their little comfort little comfort zone. But I've been trying to make a deliberate effort of uh, really exposing myself to thoughts and ideas that I don't necessarily agree with, and it has been hugely beneficial. Like even the other day, if you would have told me, uh, if you would have explained to me like universal basic income, like maybe even just two years ago, I would have said that's stupid. Like that's that's the dumbest thing. And I would have used the traditional argument of, well, if you just give people money, they're not going to be motivated. They're not going to work. It's it's not going to work for, it, for the economy, this and this and that. But then I read all these and, and listened to all these, these interviews and these studies and where it's at with universal basic income. And I'm sitting here thinking like, huh, that actually makes a lot of sense. And I can actually, like I actually understand the other side of the coin. And I actually like, I don't only understand it. That might actually be a better way to do things. <laughs> but if I hadn't really just even kept my mind open to like, hey, maybe my belief in something like using universal basic income, maybe it's not true or maybe it doesn't serve me anymore. If I didn't have that open mind, I would still be sitting here in my own little world. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I think yeah. that, I don't know. I would say
1: that I am better when I allow nuance into the, the the way that I feel about things. it's it's just nothing is ever black and white, and I think it's sometimes easy to get into yeah. um that sort of mindset where it's like, well, something is either this way or this way. there's no those things can't be true at once, but that's just not true. you know I mean Correct. just I think yes. Yeah. You know, all these, like you say, universal basic income. We don't need to go into the politics or any of that. But just from the broadest standpoint, it's like, it, it's not a, well, if we give people money, they just stop working. And that's how the world works. It's like, there's so much depth and nuance to all of these topics, yet they get reduced to, we should just give people money so they don't have to work. You know, like, it, it's just, that's that's not really yeah. what the conversation is, but yet it... the. That kind of stuff gets boiled down to the thinnest, most narrow version of it. And that's just not true. And that, I think that's happens in business. It happens in relationships. I mean, it's all that kind of stuff.
0: Well, I, I chose that topic because it's less politically charged than some of the other topics I've been listening sure. to lately. But, um, and, and and yeah, it's like, what if what if both sides are right? Like, what if this argument that some people are just not going to work because they're getting their money is true? Because it probably is true, you know, you probably do have some people that would be like, "Well, if you're just paying me, I'm not going to work." Okay, like, but what what percentage of that is the total population? Like, maybe it's just a very small percentage, and then you you you're, you know, you're right on the other side too, and it's like, what if we're both right here? Like, what 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 if we're arguing? Yeah, like, what if our argument's completely pointless? Or what if we're like, yeah, it's, it's a spectrum, you know, there's, there's so many different places to be on that spectrum. It's not right or wrong. It's like, what if we're both right? Um, so I've been trying to do more of that lately and it's been serving me extraordinarily well. Love it. Well,
1: thanks for answering and talking about a pre-question that I had leading into the questions for the week.
0: Um, so I think we can just jump right in here. Do we have any questions for the week? We've got a couple. This is, is going to be a long podcast. I'm so sorry. I'll, I'll,
1: we can dial in the rest of it. And I can probably cut out a big chunk of our hunting spiel since neither of us do it.
0: Uh, yeah, hopefully. But it is it is worth talking about. And yeah. uh, I think this is just all to illustrate where my mindset's at right now. I have just had a lot of idle mind time over the past few days. Sure. And so I have all of these thoughts floating around in my head. Um, so that's Montana speak for you. That's just Montana.
1: All right, first question. When you first started dreaming about BuildWit, what was the initial concept?
0: The, like, when I, when, I, when I started the social media account, like, that's what really started was when I started an Instagram account. Mm-hmm. I, I've explained this briefly before, but I the, the thought in my head was, okay, social media is really cool, and it's this fantastic tool to go reach a lot of people and create... A lot of impact. How do I utilize that tool? Was my line of thought. And I thought about it for a long time. It was months of really just chewing on the thought of okay, there's this fantastic tool that everybody has, and yet most people don't utilize it as a tool. How can I, u- and I'm not utilizing it as a tool, how can I put it to work? How can I really create some level of impact? And then that's when I examined my life of, okay, what are the unique storylines in my life? Oh, I like to travel. I do outdoorsy stuff. Okay. Um, oh, shoot, there's already like 10 million people that post their sick-ass hiking photos and and elk photos on the internet. So... Um, I don't know if I'm going to be able to really stand out there. And and maybe I could, and maybe I could be the best nature photographer ever, but it's going to take years and years and years. And I just kind of do it, but I'm not all that stoked about it at the same time. Okay. All right. Um, I love aquariums. I'm a big fish guy. You know, for those of you that don't know, my first official job was at an aquarium store and every single dollar I made at that aquarium store went back to the aquarium store because I would just (laughs) buy more fish and corals for my, enormous aquarium in my bedroom. Um, and I don't have a fish tank now but it will be coming sooner rather than later. Um, but no, you know that's uh, you know, like it's that's kind of a tough one but well wait a minute. Like I have I have these dirt photos. I've been working in construction. I think I can share these on the internet. So that was the line of thinking was I want to use social media as a tool. I need to examine my life for what is that unique storyline? What's that unique value I can bring people to give them a reason to follow along? And 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 I looked at examined social media and just looked at the quality of of storytelling in the industry. It was non-existent, really. I, it, and I don't give myself and I don't give Buildwood enough credit for like we've really changed the level of storytelling in this industry, and I know some of you are kind of coming in a few years down the road with all of these companies sharing what they do day to day on social media, and websites are becoming better, and brands are becoming better, and this and that. And just even just a few years ago, that really wasn't all that much of a thing. And even at the level of Caterpillar, like we've really lit a fire under some of these people's asses, and and proven the value. Of high quality storytelling in this world because it was not the norm, and I'm not saying I was the first one to do it, um, but I think we were the first to do it on a on the scale we've done it at, and 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 gotten it in the hands of more and more people. So we've just forced the industry to comply with this higher level of, of storytelling quality. So that was where I started, but that was just a social media account where I started the company was, the line of thinking there was, okay, I just quit my job. I need to figure out how to make money. Um, (laughs) That's a very powerful motivator. Yeah. And I, you know, I have this decent social media following now, you know, maybe like 30,000 people following along on the internet. How can I go out and create as many stories as I can? How can I go visit job sites, capture these stories, and share them on the internet unlike I've been able to do before with a day job. And so that was my really only line of thinking early on was okay, one, I do need to make money at some point. Two, how can I tell as many stories as I possibly can because now I do not have any constraints on my time. Now yeah. I can spend Monday through Sunday running around wherever I can financially afford to go and and capture the stories I can, and and, and from there is, is how the company kind of blossomed into what it is. So that's the explanation as far as where BuildWit really initially came about and then how I started the company. I didn't have a business plan. I didn't have a strategy. I didn't have goals. I didn't have some big picture vision. I didn't have any of that. I just had a camera that I completely destroyed a week into business or two weeks into business, which was super cool. But I had this really expensive camera and I just had this desire and drive and uh, to tell stories of the industry. Yeah. I love that version of the
1: story. It's not bullshit. Cause I feel like you've, I don't want to say you've told, you've told other versions of it, but you've, um, I think said it with a little bit less grit than that. Um, you know, I think there's probably like a, a bright and shiny way to tell it in in some ways that you, where you would say, you know, I want to, I wanted to help make this industry that I love, um, a a better place for everyone to work and everyone to be a part of, you know, like there's a way to tell it with that attitude, but I love the, the gritty kind of reality of, you know, you left your job and you're like right now, here's, here's what I love to do and here's what I care about. And so I'm just going to do it. And if it works out, awesome.
0: Yeah, it was, and I, I like I don't talk about too much because I don't want to be like a, oh my life was so hard and oh I did so much grinding and now yeah, I pulled up I my built this straps, thing from the ground up. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm the I'm the I'm the fucking man. Um, it it but the first year was, it was it was pretty wild. I mm-hmm. mean, I just bounced around where wherever I could go and. Slept in my car and would drive to San Diego from Phoenix for the day all the time, and so many, uh, so many meetings that completely failed, and so many people that basically told me I'm a, I'm a I'm a total idiot, and and I talk you know about us getting fired over and over, and I mean I distinctly remember every single one of those conversations, every yeah. Wheeler Quinn, you know uh, Thompson Turner Mining Group. Um uh, there's you know Vulcan there, there's there's a long list of of pro- yeah. projects that completely failed. Um, and yet and, and we didn't really, like the first year, I mean, like I think Rosso's really the only one we still work with. I did one project for Mushlitz. Um bellwether, I did one project for them, um, Contour, I did a little bit for them early on. Yeah. But really, none of the work we do today was in that first year of business. It was, um, it, it, yeah, just wasn't a whole lot of belief. Wasn't a whole lot of people excited for me to be on site, welcoming me in. There there wasn't a lot of that. Um, it was a lot of uh, nights on the road where you're completely alone. It was a lot of watching all of my friends Just kind of fuck off and be kids while I was out running around in the United States, staying at weird places, you know, by myself and um, trying to be creative at the same time and and make something of it and worry about the money on the side. And it was just, um, I was living with my dad. Like I was living in a very, very nice condo on a lake in Houston before that and a very nice house in Fort Worth before that. And then I went to living with my dad and my dad's a pain in the ass to live with that. (laughs) That wasn't a good time. Yeah. Um, so it was, um, like I, I I was having fun with it at the time, but looking back on it, I kind of realized like, man, that was really screwed up year, year and a half to try to get momentum behind this. And then I was, I was dating this girl for the first like six, eight months of the, other company and that wasn't that great. And then that ended and then that threw me into all sorts of emotional turmoil that brought up all sorts of underlying issues that I had to work through emotionally. Yeah. And yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was wacky the, the first year and a half. And, and, um, but I would do it again. I'd hopefully do it again smarter though. <laughs> well, I think that's how i mostly mostly at back at that kind of
1: stuff where it's like, I failed all these all these kinds of ways. And obviously if I went back, I would try to not fail those ways. But what would ultimately happen? You would probably just fail completely separate ways.
0: Yeah. And that's you know, I like I, I wrote a note to everybody saying, hey, I I kind of I, I really screwed up with that meeting we had a few weeks ago. Um and and the, the core problem was I I didn't detach and I was emotional and I let I spoke out of emotion, which is really very rarely a, a productive thing to do. And so it was, it was non-coherent. It was emotional, this and that, but that's why I get so emotional about all of this. Like this is not, this is not a means for me to go generate significant wealth. And I say that, but I like, I really, really mean that this, this, this whole thing means a lot to me. And this yeah. industry means a lot to me. And all of these people mean a lot to me. And this this company means a lot to me and, and everything, it really means a lot to me. And I was, you know, the only one there when it started. Um, and so I kind of know where it where it started and and what initially grew it. And and I just I'm afraid of straying too far from that because yeah. as we grow, there'll be more and more and more forces trying to knock us off of that whether they be internal whether they be probably mostly external you know working with big companies sure. for example there's a lot of people at big companies they just want it done their way they want it they want it formal they want everything approved they but then it takes away from the story then it doesn't accomplish our mission and and then what okay great we got a paycheck that okay yeah and and we need paychecks to support everybody's salary but otherwise i don't care about paychecks um so yeah it's like uh it was really born out of just true love and admiration for this world, um, and I just let my curiosity carry me wherever it carried me, and here we are. Yeah. Do you feel like you ever
1: um, feel imposter syndrome?
0: Do you know? Do you know what like um, that means in this instance? So I don't. As far as imposter syndrome is concerned, like I, I've never been in a, a room, um, like I, I. That's why I did so well early on, was because I could, I could meet, I can meet with an executive and and not think twice about it, like I completely ignore my inexperience, my age, like that's it's just a total no factor whatsoever. Yeah. So in in like more traditional setting, um, no, but uh, I I always worry. And I'm I always stress about providing as much value to the company as I can, and like even lately, there's been a lot of times where I've I've had some like irrational fear that I'm not doing enough for the company and mm-hmm. for the people at the company and not serving it as well as I should be. Um, so there's definitely, and I I think that's you know a form of imposter syndrome is you know like i'll i'll be in five states in a week you know working 15 16 hours a day visiting all these doing all this travel and trying to take calls at the same time and trying to keep up with with everything going on and then i'll still get to the end of the week i'll still get to saturday and i'll beat myself up about how little i did that week it's just it's just weird i'm i'm and i'm working through it but uh there's a little bit of that but it's not yeah. it's not too bad and just yeah. honestly um there is a little bit of imposter syndrome with our team because like you've been to, you know, company meetings and you'll just look at this group of people. You're just be like, Holy shit. This is uh, this is just a really good group of people. Like this is just a very wholesome group of individuals. And like, do I really belong here? Um, which again, is, it's irrational. Imposter syndrome, it's, it's, it's completely irrational. Yeah. But I've had those thoughts too of like, man, this is just a good group of people and I don't know if I belong here. I think I definitely have felt the, um,
1: what if all these other people that I work with realize that I'm not as qualified or as special at what my work as they are? You know, what if they find out
0: that I'm just a fraud? Yeah. They're all so, they're all so damn smart. Mm-hmm. I, it's it just it it blows me away every single day how smart these damn people are and, and I sit around I'm like man I'm a complete idiot like I am a complete idiot what am I doing here I need to go get a job elsewhere because this is just not they're gonna find out that I'm a complete idiot at some point yeah
1: you know what i got was floored by something ben Warren said on the dirt talk podcast that came out like a week ago He's 25, you know, has just kind of been busting his ass trying to do good work. Um, and he was he was kind of telling a story. And, you know, he could tell he was kind of nervous doing the podcast. And he kind of stops for a second and really changes tack. And he says, honestly, I just, my identity is not if I do a good job at work. And I was just like so floored by that because that's like so mature. That is so um, it, an impressive amount of like self knowing, because I think like I don't, yeah. I don't, I, I, my identity is not in, am I a good podcast producer? Like I don't, that's not my identity. However, I think sometimes when I'm trying to do a good job, I sometimes think if I don't crush this next part of the project or whatever, are people going to think less of me? or like, am I less worthy of being a part of this team or, or whatever that is? Um, and it just floored me. Cause it's like, yeah, that is just, that's not what's most important. And I thought that was pretty cool. And I think where imposter syndrome comes in is when you do put like that weight on that sort of identity, you know, in terms of like, am I worthy enough of this work or whatever? Cause it's like, if you're there, you, you deserve to be there.
0: Do your thing. Yeah. I- they like I feel like people and I I'm very much guilty of this. Like my identity and I'm working on it is still very wrapped up in buildlet. Like of if someone asks me how is everything, I'm gonna talk about the company and that's yeah. that, that's a problem. Um uh, but a lot of people, yeah, they they wrap up their identities in uh in relationships, in work, in political affiliations, in beliefs, in areas that they live. They, 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 they wrap up their identities in so many outside factors that don't really form a, a true identity, um, but it takes a lot of work and introspection and thought to separate all of that. And I'm not there yet. Um, I couldn't say what Ben said because like I said, I I'm, my identity is still very wrapped up in the company, but um, it's where I want to be because I think anyone that's truly fulfilled is there. Yeah. Um, and I've listened to people that, you know, they'll sell companies for billions of dollars and be super depressed afterwards. Cause, oh shit, like my whole identity just walked off and now I don't even know who I am. Or someone gets a divorce and it just crushes them because their whole identity was in the relationship. Or their kids go off to college and now they have no, they they have no uh, kids in the house. Now they don't even know who the hell they are because their whole identity was in their, in their, in their children. And being a parent, yeah. it's like, yeah, there's value in that, but at the same time, you completely forgot who the hell you are. And so when it ends, you're in a very, very tough place. I've been there. Um, I'll probably be there a hundred more times in my lifetime. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's that's a tricky thing. Well, well, thanks for digging into that. I mean,
1: that was certainly a a wide-ranging conversation on a one question, but I do have one short question for you, and then we can wrap it up. Okay, good. What's happening at the office
0: this week? Um, Happening with office. So we just had the floors finally sealed. So yeah, the floors awesome. are beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, electrical is is starting to get in a really good spot. HVAC is done. Um, Millwork will be starting tomorrow, which is cabinetry. They'll be measuring for countertops. Once the cabinetry is in, they are finishing up the tile in the bathrooms. So they've done the showers, they've done the the wet walls, and now they're doing the flooring, which is looking just fantastic. Yeah. Um, I think fire sprinklers are good to go. Well, voltage is getting wrapped up. Door um, frames are are on. So. All Everything from here on out is really just getting it cleaned up, Um, and we're still tracking for our our designer, Molly. She'll be installing, quote-unquote, installing on the 15th of July, so it'll be mostly ready for our meeting Um, once everybody gets there. It won't be done, so there'll still be quite a bit to do from an aesthetic perspective, but it'll all be there, which is going to be really exciting.
1: I, I know for me, kind of probably like right after install starts and happens. I think I'm probably going to spend a lot of time there. um, Just like solving yeah. the, the final kind of pieces of the podcast studio. You know, the, there's a lot that we can plan for beforehand, but there's some stuff that it's like, we can't do till the tables in there or, you know, or, or we just like, I don't know. You know what I mean? So I think um, that's going to be really exciting. And I look forward to really the, the next, hopefully what month of all that and be ready to go sometime early august
0: yeah it, it should be it should be good to go first of august and yeah we might not have like some chairs we need and yeah. and this and that but um, we'll be we'll be working in there or at least i will be working in there no Sitting later the than floor. first of august
1: bring a camp chair
0: I, i'll do whatever i need to do well we, i mean for the six six months we weren't doing anything in there. We just had the the folding plastic table and plastic chairs. And that worked out great. Yep.
1: Well, I, what I can say it's definitely going to be a much better space to record a podcast in than when we re- have recorded podcasts in there before the construction started. It will definitely sound better and make my job without easier. The, without the the fire alarms setting the fire alarms or it's it was just like that? literally recording a podcast in a barn. Um, it was yeah, not ideal too. Um, but I can't wait, man! I mean, I'm excited. Because it Was kind of a barn. Yeah. It was a barn. Um, well, I think that's all questions for this week. Thanks, y'all, um, for sticking with us. Those a couple, well, a long, yeah. long ranged question. If you made but it this I think far. We some good stuff. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. If you if you made it this far, I really do apologize. We probably just wasted a lot of your time today with endless ramblings.
1: And Early by listening.
0: Here's a a code that
1: you can put into Bamboo and you get a raise. I'm just kidding. I made that part up. Aaron doesn't believe a discount that. discount code. Here's a joke.
0: Yeah. Here's your here's your discount code for free merch. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but we have free merch. So if we you do haven't have that. got the new Buildwood stuff, hit hit up the store. Hit up Eli.
1: Cool. Well, I think that is it for this week's
0: podcast. Okay. Well, I think that's a podcast. Yep. Let's wrap this thing up. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you have questions, as always, send them to Mr. Alex at buildbut.com. It's not Mr. Alex, it's just Alex at buildwit.com. Yeah, yeah, no, not not leave the Mr. off when you're typing in the email. <laughs> Thank you for the clarification. Um at, at, and, and so this is uh, this is a means for you to ask any kind of question for for me, obviously. We might get Dan and Randy involved at some point as well. Um, but as far as discussing things as a group, we are going to likely implement uh, a more of a town hall setting. If we haven't already, when you're listening to this, we, you might be listening to this nodding your head like, yeah, we just did that yesterday. That's very... A very real possibility, but we're trying to give people uh, different opportunities to discuss different things. So, sure, maybe this isn't a time to ask a question about something specific, but the town hall is a perfect application for that. So, um, stay tuned for that. Hopefully, that's an awesome opportunity for everybody to practice more of transparency wins and and, and just form more relationships with the team and. We appreciate your questions here as well. So we'll see you on the next episode. Stay dirty. Thanks, y'all.